Welcome to The Fully Lived Life, a podcast for those who are longing to pursue the full life and want to break free from anything that holds them back. Listen in as two friends, a psychologist, Dr. Mary, and a life coach, Jillian, talk about life, love, and purpose through the lens of faith, science, psychology, and life experiences. (sighs) (laughs) See, this is so funny. I know. Because usually you go, hello, Mary. Well, do you want me to do that? Yeah. Hello, Mary. I think think our viewers and listeners expect that. All right. Well, I will give you what you want. Hello, Mary. (laughs) How are you? Hello, Jillian. How are you? Looking very nice in that denim jacket. Uh, well, I'm sorry that you didn't get to wear yours. Because we did coordinate be, today. We didn't want to be matchy-matchy. No, no, no. Yeah. So, um, I have this funny thing that happened the other day. What's that? Well, you know that I live with the grandson. Yeah. Right? Cutie and patootie. you know that I'm trying to be a really strong, like, grandma that, you know, allows him to just be a child. So he brought me a dead mouse. Oh my gosh. In his hand. And he says he wanted to keep it because it was so cute. Oh, Was it a smushed dead mouse? No, it was like, I don't know what happened to it. I think maybe a bird dropped it or something, but it was fine. It was intact. Yeah. Okay. So uh, I can see the cuteness. Very cute. Very cute. But we had to, I had to say, oh, it is so cute, but we've got to go <laughs> wash your hands. <laughs> and you went. Yeah. And then an hour later, he breaks out in a big rash. <gasps> the mouse had fleas. Oh, no. And he got flea bites. Oh, no. But Dr. Google can lead you astray. Uh-huh. Because Dr. Google was telling us about this virus you can catch from Roman. Oh, my gosh. So you're going into the worst case scenario here. We were here. pretty much, yeah. Anyway, so the other day, you know what he brought me? What? A whole pile of dead bugs. <laughs> all mixed together. <laughs> Dragonflies, earwigs, oh, and a whole pile amazing. of Amazing. Amazing. Well, you know... And I had to go, oh, that's really normally you're like... I know. And I know you and bugs. I know. You'd be buzzing. I'm a, I'm a little bit, like, triggered here. Why are we talking about bugs? Well, I, just to like, trigger you. Like the, to take the sting out of what we're going to talk about. <laughs> the mouse was okay. I can handle cute little furry mouse, even though... Even though if they're dead, but bugs and I know yeah, I don't like, bugs. and that's why you know I wanted to unnerve you a little bit before we had to. You do were this trying chapter. to lower my defenses, <laughs> but actually, it's increasing my defenses. Okay, so we're talking about yes, um, chapter two of Doctor Henry Cloud's book, Never Again or Never Go Back, I should say, mm-hmm. and this chapter is called Never Again Do Anything That Requires You to Be Someone You Are Not. Ugh. Right in the solar plexus, right, Mary? It's totally. <laughs> so one, I, I didn't like reading this chapter. Okay, well, well, oh, I oh. did and I didn't. You know what? I did because I'm like pain, obviously. No, because I really like it was hitting home. Okay, and it was good. Okay, it was a good reminder. Well, I will tell you that one of the biggest obstacles that I find when I'm doing coaching with clients is people get stuck. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. And they get stuck for a whole bunch of reasons. Mm-hmm. And we kind of need to explore that. But one of the reasons that people get stuck mm-hmm. is they're posing as someone they're not. And they wonder if the true me comes out, mm-hmm. if I let the true me out, mm-hmm. will I still be accepted? Will I still be loved? Will I still be thought of well, respected? And 
So people can get into this place where they're afraid of their true self coming out. Yeah. Because they have been playing someone they're not. Right. And just for our listeners and viewers to have grace, Mm. if that's hitting home for you, because I've had to really work through that, is that it does come from a place of longing. Yeah. Like we long to belong. Like we really, we're wired to belong. We're wired to be in relationship. We just long to belong. And if I learned early on that being a particular type of personality or presenting myself a certain way would help me to feel like I belong, then it's hard to resist. Oh, But we've talked about this before in other episodes. There's a difference between fitting in versus belonging. Because fitting in is you are taking on the behaviors and the traits or whatever the rules you think you have to follow to fit into a particular group. That's right. Whereas belonging is you can show up as your true self warts and all, yeah. your your messiness, yeah. and still feel like you belong. And, and that is just the uh, deepest need that I think we all have. Well, I think when Dr. Henry says that's when your real self, your true self can come out of hiding, mm-hmm. when you have that sense of belonging. Mm-hmm. But if you're just trying to fit in, mm-hmm. you're, you're, you have to hide your true self. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right? for sure. Well, a lot of times we aren't even aware that we're doing it because those strategies yeah. of fitting in start from a very, very early oh age. Oh my goodness. Like I think about myself when I was a little kid, like people are really surprised when they hear that I was a really shy kid. I was shy and quiet and I hid behind my mom's legs all yeah. the time and they're surprised. And yes, I've learned confidence and I mm-hmm. have realized I do like to talk, um, <laughs> but... Part of it came from, I learned early on in school that that outgoing, Mm -hmm. you know, confident, jokey personality was a thing that was going to make me accepted. Yes. And so is that really who I am? And I think, yes, because I think Mm -hmm. I, as I've matured, I've had the freedom to be silly and not care what people think. Right. But at the same time, it's also been kind of a really reflection of why... I don't let the other part of myself show as much, which is the quieter, more reflective, serious mm-hmm. part of my personality. Mm-hmm. So it's it's interesting. And I also happen to be um, twos, threes, and fours on the Enneagram, the heart-centered types, um, especially threes, I would say, but twos as well. Yeah. Um, we have a real ability to adapt ourselves to the current situation because our longing to be accepted yes. and loved is so strong. Right. And so I've I've often wondered, like, the fact that I am so adaptable, like, I literally will take on people's accents when I'm talking with them. <laughs> I'll follow their body language. I have a lot of mirror neurons, I like to say. Oh, well. <laughs> Which means that I can pick up on the cues and I just automatically, I don't even do it on purpose. I just start to kind of flow with them. And that's part of how I connect with people so well. And I think it's a gift, but I think it also does cause me to go into these places where I'm putting it on because I think that's what the other person wants. Like, okay, so first of all... Mm. I've never heard you talk in an accent, so I'm really looking forward to that. Because you don't speak in an accent. (laughs) I could. (laughs) Well, if you did, I'd start speaking in one, too. I'm not saying I do it well. Okay. I'm just saying I pick up on some of the little nuances. And if somebody's very serious and they're Mm -hmm. talking seriously, then that's what I do, too. Yeah. But... Uh, it is. That's why I often have people go, oh, you just like me. I'm like, oh, not really. <laughs> um, and I, 
part of it is, like I said, I think it's a gift of how I can connect well with people. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's some intentionality with it. And it's just because my personality is yeah. is a little bit more sort of fluid, if I can put it that way. And there are others who are listening who are the same way. So it's not a bad thing. But I think there is times where I know in my gut, I can feel that there's a disconnect between what I'm presenting to the world versus what's really happening inside. Right. And for me, one of the biggest ones is pretending like I'm okay, pretending like things don't yes. bother me, pretending like I'm not as sensitive as I actually am. Right. Because I grew up where showing strength means to laugh it off or to not cry. I mean, I was a very sensitive kid, so I cried a lot. And I got feedback to not be a crybaby. So I learned early on to stop doing that. Yeah, and I I mean, I'm echoing a lot with a lot of what you're saying. Mm-hmm. I, too, was an extremely shy child. Mm. And people don't believe me when I say that. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are parts of me that are still very shy. That's that vulnerability piece, right? Mm-hmm. I know that. Mm-hmm. Um, and But I think that one of the things that uh, I hide is how sensitive I really am inside. Mm, that's true. Right? Yeah. And so both of us are doing that. Mm-hmm. And somewhere along the lines, we've believed that that is not a part of ourselves mm-hmm. that can come out of hiding. Right. And that's sad. It is sad, actually. It's really sad. So yes. I think that when Dr. Cloud talks about this, um, one of the things that I hear in coaching clients is people don't really even really know who they are. Mm-hmm. And or they'll tell me it's not safe mm-hmm. for them to show up in a relationship or an environment the way they truly are. Mm-hmm. And that should go back to chapter one. Mm-hmm. You know, never go back to uh, something that hasn't worked before. Mm-hmm. So if you're in an environment where you actually don't feel safe, yeah, you've got to ask some hard questions about that. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I mean, if you grew up in an environment where you either had a lot of rules or you got negative feedback, Mm -hmm. I mean, this is part of the work that I love, love, love doing with people who are neurodiverse is uh, a lot of, I'm I'm assessing a lot of adults Mm. who um, have a great ability to mask and it's helped them cope in a neurotypical world. But the problem is it comes at a huge cost. They're exhausted because they're trying to fake their way through it. And when I finally say to them, I see you Mm -hmm. and you don't have to pretend with me, they often are in tears. Yeah. I mean, that's part of what I love. I love to call out that you get to be who you are, your Mm -hmm. true self. And you don't have to make apologies for the fact that you're quirky and different and weird and all those words that I think are actually beautiful words. Yeah. But I think that's the challenge is that we fight so hard to fit in or we get these negative messages for not... For being mm-hmm. an outlier, yes, that we do everything possible to fit into that box. That's right. And that's not good for us. The world needs us to show up as our true selves. Yeah. And the other thing I would say is that there's this, listeners, you'll get this. There's this kind of praise for extroverts, mm. but this kind of shunning for introverts. Yeah. Why? I know. Like, it's so funny to me that we've chosen that to pick on. Mm-hmm. And it's really interesting. You know that I'm in, heavily involved in dog stuff. Yeah. And um, we had this one dog who was an introvert. Wow. Yeah. And there's lots of introverted dogs. Uh-huh. So we would take her to, you know, the dog park. And she would 
scan the park, mm-hmm. look for the biggest, most threatening dog, and go and sit beside them. Interesting. And it was like, if I'm over here with this guy, no one's going to play with me or want to play with me. You'll leave me alone. Yeah. Yeah. Because she was an introverted dog. Mm. She didn't want to be in a pack. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm thinking about how many times... As introverts, mm-hmm. people are told that's not okay. Right. So then you have to put on these behaviors. How exhausting is that? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That's true. And I think that that's actually a really good question to ask yourself. Like, in your life, in which environments do you feel the most exhausted? Yeah. Oh, yeah. The, the most effort for you that you have to show up in a particular way. If it's your home... Uh, that really saddens me for yes, sure. Truly. Because that ought to be a place of rest for you. Yeah. So there might be some changes that have to happen. Yeah. Um, but wherever it is, I think paying attention to that is at least being able to acknowledge that maybe you've been faking it a little bit. And again, lots of grace for yourself. There's a reason why you had to. It's part of your survival. It's part of what has ha- helped you get through. But it's time for the real you to start coming out. And you may not know who that is. And just consider mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Like we've talked about before, like a journey of discovery. It's experimenting. Um, there is the Enneagram, of course. There's other personality measures. There's lots of ways. There's coaching, whatever it is. Um, one thing we just did if, uh, this past weekend is we've been, we're going through this process of uh, study together as a small group. Mm-hmm. And one of the questions we were talking about is, what were you like as a little kid? And we talked about the word birthright. Like, mm-hmm. who is your birthright yeah. person? And I, I was listening with uh, empathy and some sadness, too, because I knew that the, that person is in each one of us. That's right. But yet... There, there was the sense that there wasn't a permission for that birthright person to come out. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the flip side of that is this idea that Dr. Cloud calls flow. Now, there's been a lot of research on flow, mm-hmm. right? He's, he didn't coin this phrase. It comes out of a lot of scientific research. But flow is that time in your life mm. when you were lost in the thing to such an extent that it brought you joy mm. and a sense of this is who I am. Mm-hmm. And all the work that you had to do to get there was worth it mm-hmm. because you felt like your true self. Mm-hmm. And that's this place of flow. Mm. So along with the places where you feel pain mm-hmm. and exhaustion, mm-hmm. where do you feel flow? That's a really great Like question. where do you lose sense of time? Yeah. Um you know, it could be in a creative process. It could be when you're just out in nature, like, mm-hmm. or writing a book mm-hmm. or whatever it might be. But where is, because that's part of your birthright. Well, what would be your flow? Um, my flow, actually, years ago, it used to be in the dark room when I was oh. processing my own film. I loved that. I would lose all sense of time because you're watching something come to life. Mm-hmm. I think flow for me now is in nature, Mm -hmm. um, doing, even if I'm with people, doing a solitary thing. Mm. Like when we were off on our e-bikes last week, I felt like it was on my own, even Mm -hmm. though I was with a pack. Mm. Or out in the kayak, Mm -hmm. or walking the dog, or whatever. That's part of my flow. Can I tell you where I've seen you flow as well? (laughs) Sure. I 
love watching you when you're doing training or presentations. Oh, I love that too. Oh, you are so alive. I love it. You like are captivating. You capture the audience. You're able to like connect with them individually. You teach so well in a way that just makes sense to people. They don't even realize they're being taught. Well, thank you for that. No, honestly, like, that is such an important thing for you to remember. So yes, you have that quiet, mm-hmm. reflective, introverted side of you, but you've mm. also got this this beautiful, this energy, this 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 charisma that allows you to show up in spaces and uh, to connect with people, to really reach mm-hmm. them, to share like powerful messages that are inspiring. Well, I think. I mean, going back to the shyness thing for both of us, Mm. people can be shy and be entertaining. That's true. And people can be shy and in front of a group. Right, right. Right? Yeah. Yeah. We are complex beings. Truly. Yeah. So I don't think finding your true self isn't about like, I am this, period. There's lots of... Uh, flow for that. The other thing that um, Henry Cloud says, which I think is really, really important, that is in the process of trying to figure out your flow, uh, who your true self is, is recognize when you are intentionally being in situations where you know you're not being able to be your true self. Yeah. So for example, uh, you're working in a job that you're not feeling the flow, it's drudgery, it's difficult, but because your values are so important for you to be able to provide an income to take care of your family, you're you're willing to do the sacrifice. Yeah. So it's not that there aren't times in our lives where we're going to do things that cost us. I mean, I think... You know, my husband, Peter, is a really great example. He is such a faithful, um, hardworking, Mm -hmm. can push through uh, doing things that he really doesn't enjoy doing because he loves his family so very much and he would do anything for them. And so that's such a strong value for him. Yes. That... It's uh, he's he's willing to do that sacrifice. You know, he says um, he says what he's not saying. I like that when he in the chapter, he says, what am I not saying? (laughs) He says, it's not me, me, me. Right. We all have seasons of sacrifice where we suck it up and do stuff that's not us. Mm -hmm. But remember, we are doing it usually sacrificially out of a place of love and care. Mm -hmm. Sacrificing for the right motives is the backbone of both character and love. Oh, I love that. And I would say also sacrifice for the long term. So if I have a particular goal, like getting through grad school was, I still have um, trigger, <laughs> especially doing the dissertation. I st- I, it was not a fun experience, uh, aspects of it. Uh, yet it was really worth it because it got me to where I am today. So there mm. are going to be situations where you purposely choose to struggle and suffer yes. and not flow because you have a longer term goal that you have in mind. That's right. It has to be worth it for you. And one of the things he says, he is not saying that no relationship would require you to set aside a part of you Mm -hmm. or goal. He says that in every relationship we have to put parts or even in situations, we have to put parts of ourselves in storage for a season. Mm. Making relationships work requires sacrifice. Making sacrifices for another often means we are actually more of ourselves, true mm-hmm. to what we value and love. Oh, wow. So that's yes. back to your Peter. Yes. I mean, he's doing things. He's mm-hmm. putting some of his own discomfort in storage mm-hmm. because the bigger value is the mm-hmm. love he has for his family. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and it still defines them to today. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, when it comes down to it, what is he saying? Mm-hmm. How do you, do you know yourself? Do you know your strengths, your unique gifts? Um, do you know how God wired you? Mm-hmm. Like, what does that look like? Yeah, and that's a journey right there. So mm. this episode's obviously not going to answer all those no. questions. I think if the first thing you can begin to identify is the masks that you're wearing, uh, the places where you feel constrained to be a certain way, yeah. uh, where you're so careful about what you say and do, um, that those would be the places that I think is important to at least lean into that. So you yeah. have a sense of where um, th- you need to start to reflect. Yeah. Um, think back to uh, places where you've had flow, but also think back to times and situations where you've handled it and kind of went, I didn't like the way I handled it. Yeah. I didn't like how that went. And when you are doing that reflection, then you can find the parts of yourself, the true parts of yourself that would have handled it differently if you didn't feel compelled to be a certain way that ends up not working for you. Yeah. A couple of questions that he asked, which I thought were really, really good. Mm -hmm. Um, Why am I doing this? Mm -hmm. Is it a sacrifice I'm supposed to make? Mm -hmm. Am I suited for this thing? Right. Does it fit me? Mm -hmm. And is it sustainable? Right. Or is this something that's just a season of storage? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And then the broader question is, the whatever I choose to do, whatever relationship I choose to invest in, can I still do this and still be me? Yeah. Oh. Wow. That's huge. I know. That's taken us a long time to even wrestle with <laughs> and still wrestle with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, um... So, listeners, you can tell that this is... This is digging in on ourselves too, and I'm sure it's digging in with you. And again, I mean, these are just big questions we need to be asking ourselves so that we can work towards health and growth in our own life, mm-hmm. um, so that we can know what exhausts us, what provides flow in our lives, and where we can make some adjustments. Mm-hmm. And I would add that when you do the work of living out of your true self and figuring that out, that you actually are doing not just a service to yourself, but to others. True. Because you're much more able to give generously of yourself and to impact in a positive way when you are flowing out of your gifts and your natural self. Um, And uh, Henry Cloud says this, I think this is so great. In order to give your life to others, you must first have a life to give. Oh, that's... Right? And if you're giving up your life out of pressure from others... Or because you're in denial about exchanging who you are for something you think you want, then that's not at all what he's talking about. No. Nope. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you have to have a life to give. So what is your life? Who are you? Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I Like, really, you could underline and highlight every sentence of this book. Yeah. I know. <laughs> anyway. So that's a, a really good reflection for uh, this episode. I think that's a lot to think about. Um, yeah, I'm going to be chewing on this one for a while. Me too. Because I already know the things that exhaust me. Mm -hmm. I can name them. Right. 
It could be also things that you've gone back to. That could be why you're exhausted. Oh, thank you. Oh, one and two. Come on, let's talk about the two chapters together. Oh, yeah. They all One, two punch. Boom, boom. I know, right? <laughs> ah, good stuff. Thanks for tuning in. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Fully Lived Life Podcast. We hope you found it encouraging and helpful. Be sure to follow or subscribe so that you never miss a new episode. And if you enjoyed our show, please help spread the word by sharing with your friends and family and posting on your social media. Thanks for listening and tune in to our next episode.